Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'll have people tell me, you know, I love Jesus. I don't want anything to do with the church church full of wicked hypocrites and all this stuff. And I go, congratulations. And they say, what? You're doing the work of your father, the devil. You're not David. The Bible's not about you. Ask me what I know. Don't ask me what I feel about myself. Ask me what I know about God. Ask me what I know about his word. Ask me what I know to be a verity that can deal with my soul. That's what I need. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are. Give us some men who know the truth, and who will declare the truth, and who will stand with Athanasius, and Polycarp, and Calvin, and Luther, and Whitfield, and Edwards, and who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Welcome to the round table 11. We have the normal lineup of Paul and Alex and a special guest, Emily Urban. Emily, if you want to introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Emily Urban. Where are you from? Not, li- am- not like where you're from. We know you're a cheesehead. We mean like, <laughs> where, where do you hail on the interweb? Oh, where do I hail on the interweb? Um, anywhere at Hello Emily Urban. Currently, my Twitter is deactivated um, as I get some stuff in order and ministry life is insane. But you can normally find me at Hello Emily Urban anywhere, and emilyurban.com is my website. All right. So we have Emily on to discuss a BuzzFeed video, and it's been requested a couple times, and if we have time, uh, last time it took a while, but that video was like three minutes long. This one's only about two minutes, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so by popular demand, an old video, 2015. Uh, I know. I'm Christian, but I'm not. And so we're just going to kind of go through it and give thoughts. And before the show started, it sounded like it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Um, what's the pecking order? We'll let Alex go first on things. Alex goes first. (laughs) I'm just going to yell blasphemy at everything, and then everybody else can do their 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 jig on it. See, and and the canned answers don't amuse me. But as a woman, I want to allow the men to speak first, as is the proper church order. So, (laughs) go ahead. Well, that's how it should be. 
Amen. I read a book on it once. <laughs> I, I Me too. I, it's called I, First Timothy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I read it on a website. It must be true. <laughs> it was on it was on Facebook. It's got to be real. I actually to be. had a conversation with a woman today who claimed to be a theologian and she said, "You know, in the last 2 years I've come around to realizing women can preach in church and she's like much older than me and I just was <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh, but she 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 pulls out the you're young card sometimes." Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm just going to sit this one out. This is, <laughs> I'm not doing this today. <laughs> anyway, T- talking to people you know is sometimes the worst too. Yes. Like people who've yeah. known you kind of your whole life, and it's like, okay. Yep, yep. What are you going to do? This is a hill that I'm not going to die on. Not today. Not today. <laughs> not today, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, I'm a Christian, but I'm not. And let's go ahead and... BuzzFeed has annoying music. I would have tried to strip it, but we didn't have enough time. So, <laughs> here we go. I'm Christian, but I'm not homophobic. That's the first one. I'm Christian, but I'm Blasphemy. not homophobic. Wait, are we, are we going to be pausing every single one? Every single one. Yes. Oh, good. Okay, I was starting to take notes. Okay. No, this no, we don't, we so don't take notes effort. here. Uh, we, we try to be as unprepared as possible. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a winging motion for us. Have you guys ever heard of this video before? or I heard it back in 2015, I'm pretty sure. Back in 2015. Yeah, I, that's probably when I actually heard it last. A lot of people did make uh, response videos, so I'm surprised that people even cared to hear us talk about it, but... What are you going to do? Y'all are a big deal, apparently. Apparently. We're the, we're the biggest deal in uh, our few followers. <laughs> it's in like our own minds. Like, like, in our own minds. <laughs> right, exactly. Or, or the thing like, um, to the world, the, the world may not know you, but to me, you are my world. Oh, it's gosh. Like that. <laughs> that, that's the one, basically. That's a classic. <laughs> classic line. The only one that matters is my wife, and that's that's where I'm at. Amen. All right, I'm single, so sorry. Hey. <laughs> 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 well, Alex, you, so the video. is that all you have, Alex? No, oh, I actually we, have to respond. We, we, we need to get a, okay. the, the Paul Washer clip of him saying that for you. You can just hit that button every time. Blasphemy. You know, I need it. I need a drop-in button on this show so I can do that. No, yeah, we need one of those like DJ panels of like yes. with like, yes. what's wrong with you people? people. And every time, blast me! It's like I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Anyway, I, sorry. I could, Go I could, ahead, Alex. I could totally build one of those using just do my it. iPhone. Do it. I'm just lazy. I made the intro and I'm like, I'm done making new intros. Bruh, <laughs> show me how, and I will do it if you get me back on this show. There, there's plenty of apps, and you just find the, the file and. Bada bing, bada boom. See, and I'm too lazy to do the research, but you're a researcher type, so you can just record the. You do the, the research. The I get it done. <laughs> yeah, you could just re- record it from YouTube and throw it in, but that's that seems like a lot of work too. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, I we digress. We digress. <laughs> so okay, so here's the, here's the issue I have with that. Um, the culture's definition of being a homophobe is one that is scared of, because that's what a, a phobia is, right? Mm-hmm. You have a fear of something. So in the culture's mindset, the Christian culture has been labeled homophobic because they think we are scared of gay people. Mm-hmm. I've never been scared of a gay person in my life, unless they're like, you know, wielding a machete and, you know, high on basalt or something. 
that would probably scare me no matter what sexual preference oh I had. <laughs> so the issue I've come is this manipulation of terminology and mm-hmm. how we how the world views Christians because again I'm going to admit Christians don't approach things in the right sense. I mean, you got the Westboro Baptist down there, you know, with the uh, God hates fag sign and all this stuff. Can I say that on this podcast? Well, they said it first. You're just reiterating what they already said. So these people obviously have given us a bad name and granted there's more Christians that have given us bad names and bad images. But the problem is, is this is, you know, culture is going to, think that we're scared of gay people, which it's not. Paul, the Apostle Paul, includes homosexuality as a sin, and that is how the Christian view homosexual is just, it's a nature of sin. You know, it doesn't matter whether they're a murdering gay person or a non-murdering gay person. They're still sinful. You could be a straight murdering person, and you're still sinful, it could be anything, and you're still sinful. So the, the nature is, is culture has manipulated the terminology to make it feel like Christians are fearful or hateful towards gays, when in fact that for the most part we, we're not, you know, real Christ followers are not. We just recognize their nature of sin because it's so <clears throat> obvious. That's my answer. Mm-hmm. Pass the buck. Who's next? Paul, Nick. Nick. I, I agree with, with Alex for the most part. Whenever it comes to, I think it's kind of a way to, I don't want to use like the, the clicky kind of language, but I think it's a way to kind of push the agenda to where it's it's a tactic to to make people get on board. Because if you're not this, then you're homophobic and you can't be that, so you have to be with them. I think it's just a, a way to draw a really firm line in the sand. But obviously... We're not we're not afraid of of homosexuals. Um, like Alex said, we just try to address their their issue. I do think that there are some who, who are kind of like that, and I think maybe Westboro is kind of in that camp. I'm not really sure. I didn't even know they were still around, but they they probably are. It's been a while since I've heard anything about them. But that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Yeah, it has been a while. Yeah, it's been a long time, but they used to be... You're right. I think the last time I saw something was like in 2000, 2016, whenever they were in some graveyard about uh, Memorial Day. But I don't know. It's been a while. Weird. Them and Steven Anderson. Yeah. Oh, Anderson. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I guess you can just throw in all the independent fundamental Baptists in there. True. I don't know what I'd say about it. Honestly, anything that anyone disagrees with, disagrees on with liberals, is just labeled as hate speech. So exactly. If yeah. you call anyone else a homophobe and you're a liberal, then you're calling them a hater. And I don't think that homophobe specifically refers to being scared or afraid of homosexual people. Yeah. It's more of a hate hatred term. Well, I, I think that, yeah, I think the culture is now mani- has trans- transitioned that term into being hateful. Absolutely. Yeah. Shifting definitions is kind of like the hallmark of everything right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. once you shift definitions, then you can pretty much turn it to whatever you want to. Yeah. And if you disagree on abortion with liberals, then you, you're a hater of women. Yep. Yeah. That's true. So it's, it's, it's basically. Uh, well, I love the women in the womb. So. True. 
I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> it doesn't sound like I'm the woman hater here. But um, no, I I agree. Um, I agree with Paul. I'm gonna get Paul and Alex mixed up at some point here because y'all just are tied together in my brain. But um, I I agree with Paul. It's it's more of a definition of hatred um, or just discarding of their humanity um, in 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 more nuanced context. You know, I mean, dictionary wise, obviously phobic like afraid but um i think the question though that we should ask ourselves too ourselves as as orthodox christians who are you know holding to christian doctrine that that love god and love people like i i think what's interesting is when i was watching this video there were statements that like if you pluck them out of the context of the fact that it's a buzzfeed video if you pull them out and take them at face value like, I'm a Christian and I'm not homophobic. Like, yes, that's true. I'm not. I don't hate gay people. I don't, I'm not terrified of them. I don't think that they are less than human or invaluable in any way. But it's the, I think the the real thing is in the context of the video, that's when we start to run into trouble. But like, honestly, like that statement on its own, you know, we shouldn't take issue with, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I think the the thing is, in the context of the video, what it's saying when it says I'm not homophobic, it's not saying I'm not homophobic. It's saying I approve of homosexuality. Right. Yeah, I'd agree to that. And I think we'll see the same thing that happened in the other BuzzFeed video. If y'all remember, basically, they'll say a statement and then they'll repeat it later with further implications. Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so they're basically just starting you off into the further. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. This is the shallow end, basically. Well, it's like with feminism. It's 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 like the whole thing when they, they say, well, do you believe in equal rights? And then you say, well, yes, of course I do. Then they say, well, you're a feminist. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, yeah, because no. you have to fit within their construct for it to, to be valid, essentially. They, they, they pull you in with, with like, well, of course I'm not homophobic. Well, then you're one of us. Well, mm, back up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Slippery slope or whatever. Anything else we want to add before moving on? I think that one was pretty, pretty legit. Pretty. How easy. many seconds on the video are we? Six seconds. Oh, <laughs> this is gonna be a while. I'm telling Four you, more man. minutes to go. If if any group of people can stretch out a two minute video, it's this. It's this group. Aren't women supposed to be the chatty ones that never shut up? It's oh, usually Paul. Undying Light, you can't get, you know, an hour into the episode in, until you get to the content. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about food and flying to the Himalayas now. Did you did you guys okay. listen to my my episode today? I had to actually put no. food in there. Well, I don't know. I didn't ask you. I thought okay. I thought um, you were making Undying question. Appetite. The, the Himalayan thing. <sighs> <laughs> I, I heard the commercial. Wait, what happened? I don't even know where that originated from. It just started showing Wait. up on my DMs. That started a, showing up in a, my DMs. It was a uh, round table long time ago. And I don't remember. We were talking about cooking steak. And I said, you know, I use the pink Himalaya salt. And then I think, Nick, you said, did you have to go and get that from the Himalayas? I'm like, yeah, I just flew over there and grabbed some and came back. And then that came into this Nick flying us over and his Superman that, ability. That, 
explains so much. I was so confused. Oh my gosh, you guys are such idiots. I want you to know. <laughs> I want you to well, know that's that true. I get yeah. I get pictures of Himalayan salt in my DMs. <laughs> from people I've I never wish, from people I've never people spoken would send to. Me pictures of steak that they cook, but nobody sends me pictures of their steaks. Oh, I'm very well, sad by this. I had someone send me a picture of a of a little jar of Himalayan salt in the supermarket. <laughs> nice. Yeah, was it was it I've Jonathan? Had, I've had a few things, but this is what men get in their DMs. Goodness gracious, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I don't. I, don't, I, oh I just remember like, and then y'all have a review from from Joe about the Himalayan salt. It's like I cannot escape the Himalayan salt now. It's just like I'm a salt mine apparently. You have embraced it rather well. Thank you. I you appreciate that. You can't see me, but I'm like shaking my head with my with my forehead and my palms. I'm like, oh my word. <sighs> okay. What were we doing? <laughs> oh yeah, the video. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next, uh, next one. Let's hear it. I'm Christian, and I'm definitely not perfect. I'm. I'm Christian, well, and I'm definitely off. not perfect. <laughs> so that one, that one's kind of weird because. Yeah, obviously we all agree with that. But the fact that they feel like they needed to state it is kind of strange to me. Hmm. I don't really know how to evaluate that one, to be honest. What if I am perfect? You're not. Oh, man. No one's perfect except for Jesus and me. And so that's all that matters. No, just kidding. Um, but... No, I think, well, I th- maybe I think this is not even worth about, this one isn't worth evaluating because like what, it, what's, it's like we're looking for something at that point. I think what they're saying is what, and we, we say this all the time too. We, we do say, I, I mean, I have, I've, I've led into conversations, not led into them, but I've stated in conversations like, look, I'm not perfect because I think it's worth stating because people think as a Christian, you're automatically coming in with this um, self-righteousness. Self- yes. The self-righteousness or this, I have it figured out. Like, because I'm I'm trying to teach you my worldview. Clearly, I know more than you do. Kind of mentality. Um, so I think it's. I don't I don't know that it's one that's worth stopping on. Honestly, I think it has more bearing on calling sin out on other people, and that's how they think that we're perfect because we don't commit those. Yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. Helpful. So it's basically the righteousness bit. That's kind of one thing that I was thinking of. I was like, it's kind of important to frame this where. They're talking to unbelievers, but they're also kind of speaking against conservative Christians. Correct. And so, that, and again, context right. really changes that statement, which, yeah, that I think, you know, going one by one at face value is is not like that. Well, well, when we get towards the end of the video, why we'll don't you play all of it and then we, we start bit by bit? You want me to play well, all of it? Yeah, yeah, let's do all of it. Well, Nick, Nick had a Nick had a plan. And we don't we don't have plans on the round table. Uh, okay. Okay. So remember that we're at nine seconds. I'll play through it and I'll go back to nine seconds and then we okay. can discuss whether or not we're going to go through point by point or we're we just going to discuss it. Let's let's continue as we have been. I'm making mental notes of what the points have been. And so we can kind of trace the progression here. Emily's the guest. We're just going to go with what she says. <laughs> I'm Christian, but I'm not close-minded. Are we going to stop there? Close-minded? Are you close-minded? Close-minded implies one way, and so yes. I mean, by that definition, I'm... There's a great quote. Um, Don't be so open-minded that your brain falls out. Who said that? 
I know that quote, but I can't remember who said it. I love that. Few quote. people. You know, I don't know. How about we just play through the whole thing and then we'll go back through it because it's true that the overall context now, whenever I think about it, makes it more. Let's play. Through and I it. feel like we can't expound on every single point without Absolutely. really reading into it and trying to. It, it's like coming up with, you know, your essay needs to be 200 words long. And so you're like, <laughs> oh, this is like a five sentence thing. Shoot. Um, and the colorful. Magnificent. Oh, you, you learn how to stretch those easy. Yeah, you do. I've I've written like ten page fluff papers before. Oh, I know, but what I'm saying is, I, I don't want to be doing that with this, like where we're trying to come up with something profound for each single one. Oh, so. absolutely, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the themes going to be the same. So let's just go ahead and play yeah. through it and uh, see what we got. Here we go. Not unaccepting. Mm -hmm. But I'm not uneducated. But I am not judgmental. But I'm not conservative. I'm not ignorant. But I don't place myself on a pedestal. I'm Christian, but I don't have all the answers. Okay, I have to stop it because they're already doing the thing where you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking about. They're already. I just want to yell blasphemy. <laughs> That's all I want to do. Do you know what blasphemy means? Yes, I do, but I. You don't keep care. using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. We got a Princess Bride quote. We need yes. a bell. Yes! Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Do so, I win? So I don't have all the answers. I'm not perfect. I'm not on a pedestal. Are we seeing a trend here already? Okay. Yes. The ones that I that stood out to me were uneducated and conservative. The uneducated those one? are making big claims about Christianity. Right. I can agree. See, and again, like you were saying, out of context, I can agree with that. We're not uneducated. I think that's a big misconception. At the same time, they're implying it in the context of. We're... So you're saying Christians are uneducated? <laughs> uh, many are not. Many are not. Yeah, I. I mean, that's that's kind of what why we do what we do, right? And I don't mean college degrees, like reading books and getting yourself some knowledge. I mean, you just look at the state of Christianity. I mean, just yep. biblical illiteracy alone. It's terrible. Well, and that's the, the whole, this whole video when I was watching it, I just kept thinking like, like the true uneducation is everyone in this video. Like they're not educated on their own faith. Yeah. They literally are like, I think the top comment of the video, if you have it pulled up Let's is something along the lines of like, I'm a Christian, but I don't hold to anything that the Christian faith states. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of... Yeah. Yeah. I saw that, too. It's not loading yeah. my comments for me right now. Eh, that's so, okay. I've got a pretty good memory. I, I got it. So the next section actually says, what are you? So let's see what that says. But I am accepting. But I am queer. I am gay. But <sighs> I am a feminist. Well, All right. Stop. So th there's, there's the shallow end, and then bam. You're in the deep yeah, end. So the first stuff was like a soft drug. Right. Now, now it's, it's it's like it's that KJV thing. This was the gateway drug. This, this is already giving me a headache. Yeah, because that didn't take long at all. No. And, and the first line was what? Let's I see. am accepting, but I I'm accepting and then queer, gay. Queer and gay. <laughs> yeah, immediately. Right. So throat. So here's something worth discussing then. Um the I the notion of identity and the notion of a, a, a Christian who's, who struggles with homosexuality and can a Christian who struggles with homosexuality, but does not practice it 
say I am gay? Is that something that a Christian that struggles with homosexuality can say? So let's say that that person in the video does hold to all the beliefs that we do, but they just struggle with homosexual attraction. What would you say to that? So I, I think it's interesting because you mentioned identity. And of course, that's that's a big thing from the sexual revolution is identifying yourself with your Correct. sexuality. But I mean, for, for us as Christians, <clears throat> that's essentially identifying yourself with any sin. Like mm-hmm. if I struggle with alcohol, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm a Christian. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So it doesn't really compute. And it's just a misplaced identity, which I think is where you're going with that. Yeah. I'm more asking to generate discussion instead of just giving a canned answer of, I don't know, blasphemy or something. Like, I don't know, just just kind of throwing that one out there that someone might be doing that in, in this group. I don't <laughs> Oh, shots don't fired, Alex. <laughs> I feel like you're uh, trying to pick a fight here. What? what, what? what what's the... who? I don't know. I was just was giving that a general to be idea. Does that go categorized as passive aggressive? I can't tell. Uh, I think that was aggressive aggressive. <laughs> I don't think she even held back. I just, I don't know. I just felt the spirit leading me to say that. Like, No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. If the spirit was Satan, then possibly. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Well, this is just getting good. That escalated quickly. The Pope has spoken. The Pope has spoken. Good He's gravy. Offended. I've offended him. Are you offended? Did I trigger you? No, I'm not a snowflake. I don't get offended. Are I you a even... snowflake? Oh, I didn't know you were snow. Okay, sorry. I'm going to stop. We... If I keep going, I'm having too much fun. Um, We should go back to the beginning. I'm not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That should be, that's Emily's statement going forward. Oh. Every every time she comes into a chat. Paul and I can just, just sit Emily, back. I'm not perfect, but... But I happen to be right. Oh, but I have my opinion. <laughs> God. Literally, like my catchphrase with my friends, as like, because you guys aren't my friends, obviously. Um, I've like, I have opinions. I just say that sometimes when a controversial topic comes up, but I don't want to cause controversy. I'm just like, I have opinions. I'm just not gonna say them. And then you say to yourself, and they're all right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. 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 That no, was kind of. That's kind of like I have opinions, but really they're facts. <laughs> yes. Right. That's a lot like Nick. Oh, excuse me, sir. Yes, it is. I don't think... I had to deviate some attention from Alex, man. But, I'm so, sorry. So you go from Emily shooting fireworks at Alex, and then you just shoot I'm fireworks shoot at, at me. I'm going to shoot her later, so don't worry. I'm a sitting duck, man. Like, that was... Whew. Oh, man. This I'm is sweating crazy. here, so stop it. Besides, it's, it's summer where I live, right. so oh, give me a break. Oh, I thought you were sweating because you're nervous because we're coming after you next. Oh, that, that, that also... I, I <laughs> no, just play the yes, video I, clips. I'm just saying. So the identity thing. I think. I think it is possible for some younger Christians to not realize what they're saying if they say I'm gay, and what they really mean is I am struggling with this particular sin, um, or I have this particular attraction that God has not healed in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Christians should not be saying I am gay. I think it's the same kind. I think. I'm about to say controversial things here. So it's like trans transgenderism before this decade was considered a mental illness, which is accurate. It's, It's a deviation from how the mind ought to operate. Now, if we take that logic, you know, saying like, I am transgender, whereas before it would say I have transgenderism as like a mental illness. 
and I'm going to go really far and extend it to the mental illnesses of depression and anxiety. If I say I am a depressed person or I have depression, I have come to a place where I'm convicted I ought not to say that. I ought to say I struggle with depression or I am struggling with anxiety because those things are results of the fall and I should not be identifying with things that are a result of the fall. I should be identifying with the restorer of us. (laughs) You know, my identity is Christ. I am in Christ and I'm wrestling with this fallen state. So, you know, I think we can extend grace to young Christians who might be misusing that phrase, I am gay, I am whatever, but we ought to counsel them in a direction where they are able to say, I am with Christ and I am wrestling with this fallen state right now. Um, And it should be wrestling. And I think what that does is it also confirms to yourself that it is a wrestling state. It is one that ought to be reckoned with and fought with and brought to God. I think that's, that's really the key too, is that you don't settle into that state, you know, that you are not contented with this fallenness within yourself, that you want to have the fallenness healed and taken away. Absolutely. Any, any thoughts on that guys? I couldn't really add anything. I I don't know what to add because all the yells blasphemy. So (laughs) if you'd like, I can write up some new catchphrases for you. I mean, it sounds like you need to expand your, what was it that you said about Nick today on the story that like the river's dried up or something in terms of ideas? I don't know. That was pretty funny. I enjoyed that. (laughs) I I thought I got a good kick out of it, but it was was pretty funny. Man, my snark is just, I'm full blast right now. I don't. Okay, sorry. Continue. Let's continue. Uh, I don't remember how far back I went and clicked. So let's see what what we're going with. I'm queer. I am gay, but I am a feminist. I'm a feminist. Definitely am a feminist. But I do believe in science. Okay, three feminists. So um. <sighs> That's see, like the whole video wants to be culturally accepted. That's the thing, though. Like. I can say I'm a feminist, but I don't mean it in the way that they mean it. I mean it in mm. we actually have equal rights and that we I would have never, different ever, roles. I would never, ever, ever say that I'm a feminist. I would never do that. Never. I'm, I could actually see a Christian in, in that BuzzFeed video in a feminist, um, like, protest or march or whatever. Well, see, and that's the thing, though. Like, I mean, Emily, you just said that, but at the same time, there's a lot of, I guess, classical feminists that do not like modern feminists. And so no. if, yeah, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like using the word Catholic. If you use it a certain way, I mean, it doesn't really matter if you use it. I, um, hmm. first of all, I found it funny. The, the thing that that communicated to me when they had three in a row. Yeah is it sounded like they were really assuring everyone, like, don't murder me. I am a feminist. I am a fe- I promise. No, I, I promise. Okay, I, let's get this out of the way so the gulag doesn't take me off and whatever. But um, but I, I just take issue with identifying ourselves with any sort of man-made-ism, you know? Yeah. I... I even though I agree with classical feminism, I would not call myself a feminist. I don't want to be associated because the thing is the reasons I agree with classical feminism or any 
thing from any ism is because the tr that truth and those principles are in the Bible first. So why don't I just stick with my original kingdom identity? Why do I need to take on an ism that comes with a million other connotations? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think you're going a really good route with it because you're thinking in terms of identity. Whenever I think of it, I automatically think of it in my terms because I guess I'm, I'm closed-minded unlike these individuals. And so I think of it in terms of it's a way to describe yourself, not necessarily your identity. So, like, mm. for example, I say I'm a Calvinist, but I don't write my whole identity up in Calvinism, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I, think, I, I, guess I think that you raised Calvinism the good presupposition. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I, I think that you're, you're raising the, the, the logical and true presupposition that these individuals are putting forth, though, that it is so important that it's linked to who you are. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And I and I again I think it's for me the issue is that it is a is a is a man-made human-based movement whereas like Calvinism is a summary of a set of doctrines found in scripture. Feminism is not a summary of a set of doctrines found in scripture. Feminism is a man-based movement that is constantly evolving and taking on additional meaning. And that's why I mean that's just me personally. I True. I even though I agree with classical feminism, I could not call myself a feminist because it is a man-made movement that has taken on a lot of extra weight. Of course, a classical feminist could always say, well, uh, complementarianism leads to classical feminism. Mm -hmm. So I guess it just depends on how you define terms and what your basis is and everything else. No, that's true. Yep, that, that's true. To each his own, I guess. But yep, that's true. Paul. That's true. Alex. Bueller. We're dead. Bueller. Bueller. Uh, Bueller. I, mean, I agree with both of you. I think the issue that a lot of people have, and and I see this happening, especially within the younger Christian crowds. Um, and again, it's just beating this dead horse. Is that uh, we have to create an identity of ourself that is uh, accepted by society and and in that nature it's i'm a you know <clears throat> insert whatever's trending whether it's queer or transgender or feminist or you know um, whatever it is you have to associate and affiliate to these certain identities and then they just tack on the word Christian without really understanding the actual meaning behind what it is to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to label yourself as a Christian, you don't get any other identity labels. You, you shouldn't because you are with Christ and Christ breaks you out of the molds that society is trying to put you into. Mm. So if you're going to Doggy. call yourself a Christian this or a Christian that, it doesn't work. You don't see any anywhere in Scripture that Paul says, I'm a Christian this. Or you don't see Peter or Jesus saying anything like that. You don't see the early church talking about it like that. But all of a sudden, in the last you know 10 or 20 years, that has become a norm. That you are you know, XYZ Christian or, you know, like we talked about just a little bit ago, I'm an alcoholic Christian. You don't, you, you can't label your sin with your identity in Christ. If you struggle with that, that's fine, but you don't get, you don't label your sin. I'm not a gay Christian. I'm not a murdering Christian. I'm not whatever a lustful it is. Christian. 
A what? Yeah. A lustful. Because I mean, if you if lustful, you yeah. if you take the heterosexual uh, parallel, it would be lustful. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just right. It's you don't you don't claim your sin with that realm, and I think that's what they're trying to do is without without really knowing it, because I don't think they truly understand the definition behind Christianity as we've kind of started to unpack this video. Yeah. You know, um, I listened to a sermon recently from David Platt where he talked about this and he's like, you know, Christian is everything from political to cultural to whatever. And he's like, it might be more accurate at this point to just say in Christ, because that's the term used mostly in scripture mm-hmm. is that our, okay, you're Christian, but are you in Christ? And, um, I think similar to like how some people will call themselves a feminist and not realize what they're actually adhering to when they call themselves that. I I think the same way, you know, people like you just said, call themselves Christians without realizing what they're adhering to when they associate themselves with that label. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So I don't know. Well, and that yeah. goes into like all the people who, who just wear crosses, their parents are Christians. They go to church every now and then. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just one of those things where you're a Christian because it's cultural. And that's what this all, this is all about, too, where it's it's all about what's cultural. Essentially it's a cultural label. Exactly. But are you in Christ? Right. You know, are you a disciple? Are you actively looking to submit yourself a living sacrifice? Right. Is it real? I mean, and that's the thing. Yeah. If you say that you're in Christ, then it automatically denotes that you cannot associate with your sin, because that's the biggest theme is that. It's not about your sin anymore because you have died with Christ. You've been raised into new life. Absolutely. I identify with Christ in all things, all aspects. And I do not identify with my sin. I, I hate my sin. I grieve over it. You know, that's the... Yeah. yeah. Why would you partner with something that put, <clears throat> put your savior on, the, savior on the cross, essentially? I mean... Yeah. And why would you partner with something that really kills you? Yeah. You know, that's what separated you from God in the first place. And since you've been given this newness of life, why do you continue to return to the thing that's going to just starve it and kill it and oppose your it? Basically, it's like you're opposing your own life at that point. Yeah. You know, or you're opposing your own life when you go to pursue sin as a Christian or to even go the route that Paul goes. How can you even do that if you've been Mm -hmm. born again? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. And that's not to say that we don't. I mean, I know my own sins that I struggle with that, you know, and I think too, uh, like a huge one that, that people often struggle with are forms of addiction or forms of, um, uh, the things, things that are hard to break from, from habit. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I, those are so tragic. Like I have so much compassion for Christians who struggle with addictions of various kinds because, you know, part of you is like, I hate this sin and yet I'm actively going back to it and I want it. I desire it. And the devastation that the wrestling, the back and forth that these Christians feel it when, when then you read passages like that and you're like, am I even saved? Shouldn't yeah. it, like becoming a Christian just break me from this addiction? And, you know, I think the passage that I love to go to is in Romans 7, where Paul is wrestling. I, I do the things I don't want to do, and yet I still do them. And I don't do the things that I want to do. And, you know, 
you can hear Paul wrestling in that passage with it. And, you know, the, the, the fallen state, this, this amphibious state where we're like on land, but in water, where we're like restored, but still being sanctified is, is such a, there's such a tension there. And I don't know, I'm going off on a tangent, but does that kind of make sense (laughs) where I'm going? You guys have any thoughts on that before we move on? I'm just having fun listening to you guys speak. All Was right. that your dog, Paul? No, neighbor's dog. So annoying. Oh. oh, I thought for a second I got to hear your dog. <laughs> My dog doesn't bark. He just howls. Aww. Oh, even better. <laughs> even better. You people are weird. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. So I don't know if the full clip will play of this part, but it starts with, I. but I do believe in science. So yeah. Which is kind of weird because the but kind of puts it in in opposites of feminism. I'm a feminist, but I do believe in science. Okay, whatever. Anyway, let's yeah, see. It, it says that Christianity and science normally oppose each other, but I'm an exception to the rule. Of course, yeah. All right, let's see it. In fact, I think science makes God look really cool. I'm not afraid to talk about sex. Does anyone want to talk about that? About making God look cool? They said that in the other BuzzFeed video, didn't they? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I agree that. with that. I think science makes God look awesome. I, oh my gosh. I'm not I don't like the phraseology right there. Me neither. It kind of bothers me. Oh, really cool? Yeah. I think this makes him look really cool. It's like, uh no, he he's cool already. We don't need anything to make him look cool. I don't even oh, like using the word right, cool. Uh, okay. It's pronounced Nick Picky in this context. Ah, is that? Can I call you that? Because that just fits you so well. Moving on. <laughs> All right, here we go. I look really cool. I'm not afraid to talk about sex. I love me some Beyonce. <laughs> I love what was it like? I, do believe- I didn't get the last one. I love me some Beyonce. Oh, okay. I did get it. I'm so glad you said that, Nick. We need to have that as one of those little buttons. I (laughs) love me some Beyonce. Yeah, Nick saying that is hilarious. (laughs) Why is that funny? It's funny because of all people in this group. I don't know. You would be the last person that you'd ever expect to hear that. So I feel like that's like some blackmail material right there. He he literally asked me what it said. I, I was framed. That's what I'm saying. Take it out of context. Anyway, I'm continue. For the Go record, ahead. I do not care for Beyonce. <laughs> Great. Nick loves Beyonce. Really? He because does. just just 30 seconds ago, you said, and I quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about 40 seconds in. <laughs> All right, let's let's continue. But I love wine. I do believe in monogamy before sex. But I will give you sex advice if you need it. But I do go to church on Sundays. What? Well, I don't understand that what? line. What? Do you I understand that line? Church on Sundays? Oh, are you talking about the... I was talking about the... Yeah. I believe in monogamy before sex. I meant both, but the last one was like, is that even necessary to say? I don't think so. It was, I. but I do go to church on Sundays. And of course, by monogamy, they mean uh, sexual union before marriage. Well, she she didn't even. The thing is, why didn't she say marriage? She said monogamy. Okay, so wait, does like okay? I know polyamory is a thing now, but like, does the world just literally like 
sleep around and then choose a partner like monogamy. I thought that people date one person at a time traditionally. Oh, like, no. no. Oh, not no. anymore. Nope. Am I? Nope. Oh, no. Wait. I like oh, right. I thought you lived in Washington, so, yeah, that, that makes more sense. Yeah, the dating and sleeping around is, like, the norm now. So that you... that is kind of actual anti-cultural thing for her to say. So I guess props. But yeah. no, but it's not because she didn't say marriage. She said monogamy. So she's implying you don't even have to be married as long as you've, you're committed yeah, you, to someone. You, all you have to do is go steady with someone. That is basically. true. Yeah, that's a good catch. You should hear the stories my wife tells me from her work. It is ridiculous how open people are in their sexual relationships these days. You, you yeah. should get to know my cousins. Like, I kid you not, my wife works with a couple people that every couple of days, new guy, new guy, new guy, new yeah. guy. Just, it's like a broken cycle. Yeah, Just, I had that at my last job and with, with, with one of my coworkers. And it was so, the, the thing is, she tried to get me involved in the conversations. And I just was like, nope, mm, mm, nope. Mm. And then she... When I didn't conform to her, like, liberal feminist speech, she started, like, hunting me down and harassing me. It was crazy. It's like the thing is feminism, modern feminism, they're for women unless the women disagree with feminism. Then that woman is considered inhuman and male and the enemy. And I encountered that at but I didn't. I didn't think it was that commonplace to be so polygamous, you know. And then to choose. I. I don't know. I just. I guess I just had a hopeful view of the world where people are like, maybe I'll date one person at a time. And no. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I like my bubble. I like my little. I like the rock that I live under. It's very I, comfortable. I would it's even. I would even postulate that the abortion statistics are contrary to what you you believe. There, you know what I mean. Like, I think that is caused by. I don't know. If polygamy is the right term, but the sleeping around is probably the cause of all the abortions. Honestly, aside from uh -huh. the the rare cases where it's trafficking <clears throat> or things of that nature. Totally. Well, and speaking of, today is apparently the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Yeah, it's March um, of Life right now. Yes, which is, has, like, we had a huge event happen today in the ministry that goes directly against the abortion way of life and the abortion narrative against that death. I mean, we had this this child who the birth father pressured to abort him and he was you know the the mother was seriously considering it she's he's alive and now he's going into adoption and like this just flies in the face of every what everything that the pro-choice narrative says yeah you know and so it was kind of significant actually to have that happen yeah, today that, of all days yeah, so that's interesting. anyway tangent so she says monogamy before sex, but I will give you sex advice if you need it. Not really sure how that's relevant. <laughs> how can you be an expert if you quote unquote have never done it? I think what she's suggesting is she's like, I personally believe that you should be monogamous, mm. but if you are sleeping around and being polyamorous and stuff, then okay. I'll give you advice and encourage it. Basically, I'll support you. Basically, I have uh, beliefs, but they don't matter. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. 
that's always been something that's always not to like if you're a vegetarian i apologize but it's always weird whenever i meet a vegetarian that's that way i don't eat meat and then they're eating meat i don't eat meat because of all these principles all the industry and all these things and then then i catch them eating meat i'm like i don't understand do you believe it or do you not (laughs) but i kind of see it the same way i eat meat i eat meat obviously but i eat meat i like to say i like having carnage on my plate I like to eat meat. There's nothing better than tonight. There's nothing yes. better than meat with Himalayan salt on it. Actually, tonight we used coarse coarse sea salt on the steaks that I made. Blasphemy. And oh, Y'all if are I bougie. could if if I could describe the flavor that these two steaks had tonight, oh, like restaurant quality. It's you not, guys got to come. I got to cook for you. I, I love it. Alex, Alex listen in, in Illinois. Did you drive yeah. to the coast yeah. to get that sea salt? That, you're not even that far from me. Yeah. Why didn't you invite me over? Because you're like you're still like six hours from me. That's like nothing. I've driven thirteen <laughs> hours before. Like that's <laughs> to that's come just get a, a, to come get a steak. That's a, free for free <laughs> for free. Also to if see you, some cute kiddos. Yeah. Yeah. If you showed up, I would cook you a steak. Well, you have to give her like cheese or something. She's from Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Okay, listen. I you know I know it's sad. <laughs> I'm a Wisconsinite that is somewhat lactose intolerant. How tragic Ooh. is that? Wah, wah. It's, it's tragic. But because of that, I will. Th- here's the thing. When someone is, <laughs> this is such a tangent. When someone is lactose intolerant versus like gluten free or peanut allergy or something like that, like gluten free, peanut, they're like, I cannot touch it. I cannot breathe it. I cannot be near it. But every lactose intolerant person basically agrees. They're like, ah, I'll be miserable tomorrow. I don't care. I want to eat this. <laughs> yep. I can attest that my wife's is that way. Oh. <laughs> We, we know all about food allergies on, on my property. Everyone has something. Even me. I developed, apparently, some kind of uh, reaction to chicken, which I eat chicken no matter what, regardless. <laughs> um, my wife's like, you know what it's going to do? I was like, I don't care. I'm going to go get some chicken. That's get so some KFC. Some no, raisin canes. No, raisin canes. Raisin canes is preferable. I but, had raisin canes yesterday. Yeah, Excuse I, me. I the the Lord's chicken. Yeah, but you know, okay, so you compare a chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A and Raisin Cane's. Raisin Cane's is much more, the bun is thicker, it's got the seeds on it, and it's got the thicker chicken. You get more strips, and it's got the cane sauce. Chick-fil-A, you get a flat little sandwich. It's like, what is this? I've never been to, I've never even heard of Raisin Cane's. Oh, well, you're you're missing out. Here's here's my stance on the two. They both (laughs) have their place because you can't compare a chicken sandwich to chicken strips. But yes, True. I agree. Their chicken strip sandwich at Cane's is really good. Yeah, I like. I love but their sauce. I, their sauce is amazing. It, yeah, it really is. But it's I almost did, as good as the Chick Fil A sauce. I, I just tried Chick Fil A sauce for the first time like last week, and I have to say it was really good. The the it's reason really why you can literally bathe in it. I I, uh, I do not recommend that. We we made burgers last night, and I put some on. I had some leftover. I was like, oh, like I have like five packets in my pantry, so I just put some on my burger. I was like, oh yeah, definitely. I, Oh, yeah. Always ask for extra when you go to the drive-thru. Yeah. Yeah. We got some in our fridge. I would say this. If if you want the 12 count, you go to Chick-fil-A. If you want the sandwich, you go to Cane's. Now, now, Culver's. What? Eh. 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 Who is this? Who who invited her on here? Wow. Uh, That's like saying, oh, man, what's that seafood uh, place? That's um, Lobster. Y'all need to oh, come Red up Lobsters. to Wisconsin Culver's. You go to Red Lobster for the biscuits. That's the only reason why I go. 
Yeah, you exactly. need to come to a Wisconsin Culver's. I'm telling you, it's it's different. And Wisconsin, it's mm, not really different. Culver's cheese, yes, I insisted. It's because we're by the lake, I hear and the, it just makes a different stare, don't you know? I, I hear that the Walmart's oh. are different up there too, but the Walmart's <laughs> different up here. <laughs> that one went over my head. No. Oh. Why are they different? No, we we have high quality Walmarts down here. Oh. Yeah. Like yeah, pages. I go to I go to Meyer. Um we just had a Meyer open up in my city and it's closer to my house, but I also go there because I feel like it's not a place I'm gonna get murdered in the middle of the night. Mm. It's a lot cleaner. That's, important. That's an important thing. Lights. It's really expensive though. Meyer really isn't. Like compared to Walmart, it's kind of the same price range, but nothing compares to Aldi. Like if you're grocery shopping Aldi all day, uh, every day. Uh, you I can't do all these. We go to Jewel. That's our grocery shop. We go to a little place called HEB. It's kind of like the top, you know, grocery store in all of America, even though it's only in Texas. So just saying. Okay, that's fine. You can have your little ways that are wrong, but oh, it's, you never. Been I to would an agree. HEB. You're wrong on that one, Nick. You never been to an HEB. I don't have to. I've you been to an can't Aldi. Prove that. that. That's that's like saying I've never been to Raising Cane's. It must be disgusting. I, 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 but I didn't say that, did I? No. Nope, don't put words in my mouth. But I though. will. <laughs> All right, where were we? Does anybody know if Paul's still on here? Paul's still on. Yeah, I am. I thought you died or something. My country sucks, so I can't comment any on this. Paul, why you come to the States, my dude? May is the month. Woo! May is the time. That's exciting. What part of the States are you coming to? Don't go to Florida. There are people there that eat bath salts and then eat your face. I know. I have no choice. That's where he's going. That's where you're going? I told him to come to the States. know that? Yeah, Paul's no. going to eat his own bath salts to defend yeah, his family in his honor. It's not going to be South Florida, though, so don't worry. He'll be sprinkling his bath salts on the alligator tail he's eating every day. Yes. <laughs> Deep fried. Deep fried Deep alligator fried tail with bath alligator. salts. Oh, my word. I with, could never. Oh. With Chick-fil-A sauce, because why not? Not with Chick-fil-A Chill. Well, we've gone off the rails. Um, let's see. I have to be the responsible one at some point. So, but <laughs> but I do go to church on Sundays is where we last left off. I want to at least get through this video. So we'll just play it. If y'all want me to stop, just say stop. I'm not going to click it until y'all say We've something. We've been talking for over an hour now. I know. We're only... this epi- are we going to air this episode? Yeah, why not? You better. 48 seconds in of this video. So, oh, goodness. So, okay, let's. Okay, I'm, I'm going to play foul. it through. If there's something yes. that you absolutely want to stop it on, just say stop, but please don't yell. Please. Everyone shut up. Restrain yourself. All right. Everyone nice and quiet. Okay. I go to church on Sundays. I was a Young Life camp counselor. I do listen to Christian music. Christian rock, Christian rap, T-Mac, all the cool kids. I have friends from all walks of life and different religions. And I love them all. Uh, the heading, what do you want people to know about Christianity? And go. I guess what I'd like people to know about Christianity today is that we're all kind of not crazy. We shouldn't be judged on just the people that you see in the media Stop. or just the people that you've met. I, I, I was waiting for you. I knew it. I just felt it. I, I can't restrain myself. <laughs> it's hard. The like, first one to laugh was me, by the way. Oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell, but I, I could kind of feel it coming through the audio waves. I was like, something's about to happen. <laughs> Jeez. Look, I could get the music bit, 
like that's fine, whatever. But the the we're not all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> We've already talked well, about the Westboro Baptists. Those we, people are nuts. We know for sure that three out of the four people on this podcast right now are crazy. And it shows me. Yeah. I've been pretty much quad the whole time. So yeah, yeah, okay, fine. I'm included in the three. Paul's the sane one. I was yeah. gonna say Paul's probably the one who's looking good right now. Yeah, Paul is the one. <laughs> Like I'm, just, I'm just letting Emily paint her own picture, so <clears throat> it's really easy for me to do. It's I just she just takes that big fat well, brush and I'll, starts stroking. I'll say this: it's good for you that I had a, a massive meltdown on Tuesday from a bunch of accumulated stress that I'm just now, and I I can't really say a lot. So, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. It's fine. I'm better. Okay. <laughs> so oh. so alex you 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 yelled stop i said stop you yelled it i heard lightly <laughs> you, you blasted <laughs> stop what was the purpose what, what caught your attention i, I just I, I i just the whole aggravation on the the crazy bit like people it's like going to the basalt extreme. Like people think we just like foam at the mouth if we don't talk about Jesus enough. And when ironically, are, but yeah, when we do actually. No, but, I was gonna say ironically, it's the other side that does more—the foaming of the mouth. Like, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like the atheist is has so much hatred towards God, and they just they you know they don't believe in God, but they just won't stop talking about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I know that get, that gets me. That, like okay if you don't believe in god why do you feel the need to talk about him so much let's just well and you're talking about people that who are atheists and their whole day job is going around and debating i can think of three Mm -hmm. like four people off the top of my head but the thing that kind of confused me was i guess or not confused but kind of agree with we shouldn't be judged just by the people that you see in the media yeah, but the thing, that, namely about, the people in this video, <laughs> but what, don't judge me by the people in this video. But see, that's what's strange because because the the people that are in the media are the people that these people love. Yeah. So I'm like, where's the like? I don't understand how there's a disconnect with that because yeah, you get some clips of Westboro at what every who knows how many years, but like, who's always blowing up? It's Joel Osteen. Everyone loves him, even. Even, like, I know plenty of secular people that love Joel Osteen. He's a great motivational speaker, which is, aside from the, the I mean, a big part of the problem, but um, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. Well, and it's like, like you said, everybody that makes the big, the, the media from the Christian side of the the, the line, it's, it's, it's either a giant scandal, like, you know, when What's-His-Face bought his wife, the uh, Lamborghini, um, you've got... John Gray. Uh, yeah, John Gray. You've got uh, Kenneth Copeland and, on the uh, Dateline or that whatever that show. Man, I'm just brain fuzzing. I know what you're talking about. Um, that's a good but, point. You know, yeah. the satanic eyes and all that stuff. Yeah. Man, it's like that's what people think about when they think of Christianity being that's true. crazy. That's well, true. they are the visible face of Christianity. That's right. true. They don't really have a choice. It's weird that they don't come, but they don't come to like churches that I'm preaching at. And they don't meet real Christians that live the daily fight. That's the minority. That's, yeah. I think right. I think what the reason that when they say in the media they're referring to people that disagree with themselves is because since the dominating narrative in the media is the liberal viewpoint, that's 
those Christians, those quote unquote Christians are white noise. It's the ones that make the media that aren't white noise that they're referring to. The ones that cause all of us to sort of stop and be like, okay, the actual Christians need to come out and say, we're not Westboro, we're not Westboro. And then the liberal Christians come out and condemn them. It's like, those are the ones that actually cause the noise in the media. Yeah. It's, it's the ones that they're, that they are, they dominate the media, but they're white noise. They sound like every other voice in the media. So it's like, we don't, notice them you know they Mm. they 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 aren't you wouldn't know they're christian unless they go out there and state i'm christian you know yeah well let me see where were we okay i'll just roll with it i'll warn you i might crack up again (laughs) just contain yourself dude self-control okay i'll try thank you Emily's just being a pistol right now. Anyway, here we go. Selves. A lot of people think that Christianity ruins people, but to me, I think it's people that are ruining Christianity. That one's kind of a big one. Is, am I the only one who kind of thinks that? No, I, I, a lot of people in my life come to mind when I hear that statement. Mm-hmm. I can think of people that I guess ruin the image of Christianity, but I think it's a misconception to even, I guess I'm being nitpicky. I think it's a misconception to say that people can ruin Christianity because I've had that conversation a thousand times with unbelievers. Like you don't look at the people you look at Christ. That's the whole point. He's, mm-hmm. he's the crux of the matter, like to not be punny about it. But, um, I, I don't like that, that sentiment, but I understand it. But I don't like that. It's framed that way. So you're focusing on the latter half of her statement where she says that people are ruining Christianity, like you're ruining the party for the rest of us kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and I guess I can see problems with the former, too. I mean, a lot of people think that Christianity ruins people. I can think of people who. Um, yeah, that's the one that stood out to me. Interesting. Can you explain why? Just out of curiosity. Um, yeah, no, I know. I know a couple of people who have left the faith and look back at their Christian life as being traumatic and cult like. Oh, that's like um, every apostate. Yes. And so I, I, I guess, you know, dealing with people who have dealt with trauma and it, it, it kills, it breaks my heart and also angers me sometimes when people look back at their faith and lay and brush stroke the entirety of it as this evil thing that ruined their lives. Um, you know, or Christianity ruins people like, um, it, that could that could go that route or it could go the route of I cannot be friends with this person anymore because they are a Christian. I can't like I want them to be tolerant of my beliefs, but I don't want to be tolerant of their Christianity. Um, like, oh, I don't know who this person is anymore, you know, and I, it, you know, in that way, it kind of does like I've experienced in my own life. I think about that statement and I think about how I have had unbelieving friends sort of just. I, you know, I, I can't have conversations with them anymore because we don't connect on anything. You know, they're totally in the world and I'm totally, you know, in the kingdom or whatever, however you want to put it. Yeah. And it's, it, it's isolating sometimes, you know? And so I think as, as a believer, when you're actively living out your life, part of you can kind of resonate with that statement 
you know, it did kind of ruin my life in a lot of ways. It ruined a lot of relationships. It ruined a lot of, you know, it, it's the sword that divides the father from the son that divides the, the mother from the daughter, you know, but it, it also really gives you true life. Yeah. Um, so it, it ruins a life, but it gives you a new one. Um, basically, but the, I do the think there's a lot to grieve in that you know, being lost. Go ahead. Yeah. Basically it's the perspective on, well, is ruin necessarily a bad thing? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is ruin a bad thing? Is, is that person just bummed that their friend's not going to get drunk with them anymore? Right. You know, or is, or is that person just like, um, writing off the true Christianity as this evil traumatic cult mentality, you know, like what, what did that, what does she mean by ruin a life? Uh, that 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 makes me curious. I would love to sit down and have a conversation with her and <laughs> hear what she means by that. Yeah, because categorically, I would reject the idea that Christianity and and its essence can ruin a person just because of its nature. And so I think that that's kind of the, the preference or the religious the like, the religious uh, aspect of it. Like you were saying, kind of like a mm-hmm. cultish mentality or whatever, you, however you want to frame it. Mm-hmm. But whenever yeah. I hear that, I, I kind of reject it immediately. Like, well, that's not Christianity. That's not what it's about. Because I, you know, I have to think within my theological parameters because I'm close-minded, as the video stated earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's interesting. I, I, I just really want to talk to these people and be like, okay, what, what do you think Christianity is? Let's invite <laughs> them on the round table. Oh, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we have a, f- a little bit left. Anything y'all want to say before we move on, guys? Uh, let's move on. All right, let's wrap, it. let's wrap it up. Oh, but at its core, it really is about love and acceptance and being a good neighbor. Just because we prescribe to a faith that has some really terrible people in it doesn't make all of us terrible. I don't think that Christians should judge people for who they are and what they do. I think everybody is in a different part of life on their own path to wherever they're trying to go. We're all people, and I think love is the most important. Okay. Well, there was every path leads to God kind of thing right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So she, Christianity is about love, acceptance, and being a good neighbor. I would probably drop that middle word. Um, Christianity is about love and being a good neighbor. That's incomplete, but that that is part of Christianity. But I, the other thing that stuck out to me was when the one girl said something like, um, even though there's a lot of terrible people in our faith were not all terrible. So what she's kind of saying essentially is there are a lot of messed up people, but there are some of us who aren't messed up at all. Whereas earlier, the one of the first statements was, I'm definitely not perfect. And I'm I not we, judging and I'm not staying on a pedestal. Just to remind. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like opposing statements. At the beginning, it says, I'm not perfect. And then at the end, it says there are a lot of imperfect people in our faith, but we're not all imperfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, some of us are, are truly acceptable, liberal, perfect people. And um, I just found that interesting, like how they oppose themselves in that, because in their minds, they're perfect. Well, in their uh, minds, they are. Alex was talking to me uh, pre-show about the very same scenario, essentially, right, Alex? Where um, yes. they were saying, oh, it's kind of like, you know, judge not. You should not judge someone while they're sitting there and judging you. Mm-hmm. It's the same, mm-hmm. you know, wag your f- finger at you while, you know, it just condemns Yeah, themselves. living in their sin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, you know, the problem that I, I take with that 
the whole uh, all of us are not evil or whatever that line was is you, you don't understand scripture then. To, to call yourself a Christian, and we've tried to, you know, illustrate the illustrate this the entire episode is to be a follower of Christ. Uh, you can say you're one with Christ, one in Christ, however you want to say it. But uh, Christian, in of itself, seems to be a, um, kind of a foggy term because of the way society has painted it. I would guarantee, and I would bet some money that most of these people in this video don't understand the consequences and the repercussions of what being a real follower of Christ entails to the extent that I bet you most of them probably have never read a Bible because you can flip right to Romans chapter three and see exactly the fact that there is nobody good. So at the beginning when he said, I'm not perfect. Yes, you're right. You're not perfect. And then at the end when they say, well, not everybody is, you know, a, or, you know, not all of us are, are terrible people. We're all terrible people. That's the reality. And the second you start to uh, position yourself behind this mindset that I'm not really a bad person, you lose the sight of why Christ had to die on the cross, and you start to elevate yourself on your uh, on a pedestal, and you've created an idol out of yourself. Yeah, I would add that for a lot of these individuals, I think I mentioned it already, where you know, I, I mentioned the cultural uh, attribute, you know, it's family hereditary. For them, it's not just, it, it, for them, it's just a preference. It's just a thing yeah. you select. It's not really bearing. It's just kind of like, oh, you do your thing, you do thing. We all have different beliefs. It's not real. And so if it's not real, then you can make those kind of claims and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Well, I mean, it's, it's the whole thing of um, Christianity is is on the same playing field to the world as um, Islam, as Mormonism, as Hinduism, Buddhism, as atheism. It's, it's basically which worldview do you want to pick and attribute to yourself? Yeah. And so you can call yourself a Christian. It doesn't mean anything in terms of your identity. Mm-hmm. It's just something like, you know, it's like I could call myself a Muslim and not be a Muslim. I mean, you have those people today, people, you know, women who are Islamic, who are not wearing hijabs and who are not doing all the things that Islam requires of them. Um, you know, you you have these people. I mean, BuzzFeed has a video. I'm Muslim, but I'm not there. There is the counter, which would be interesting to watch because it basically is proving this p- notion of you can take on whichever label strikes like your vibes or your aesthetic, whatever one matches your personality. Absolutely. And you can mold it to match your personality once you've taken it on. Yeah, it's it's build a god workshop. I used to play that game as an atheist. Yeah. When I was an atheist, I used to mix and match different beliefs and put them together, pick and pull what I liked and whatever suited me that day. It was, it was all good. I mean, exactly, exactly. And I think that's, that's, that's really the core issue here is that they have devalued the fact that Christianity is the ultimate truth and they just see it as I like the energy that it gives or whatever, Mm -hmm. dude, bruh, whatever. And I'm going to take it on as my favored worldview. 
Well, and they've and, also devalued the the whole notion that Christianity makes objective claims. Precisely. Yeah. As does every, that's the thing, every worldview does, but because <clears throat> we're in this postmodern era where we can discard and mold objective claims to our subjective whatever, you know, all truth is your, like, your truth is, is whatever. Um, any worldview makes an objective claim. Any worldview makes an objective claim. Yeah. But is that claim, like, they're making a, an objective claim, but is that claim true? Right. But not, nothing is true, so. So we don't have, well, I guess Alex says he has the pot. I don't know how much longer we want to go for tonight, but we do have a couple questions, and I promised someone that we would put one in there. And, Paul, this is all you, so I hope you're ready. It's in, it's in the Telegram. As a uh, as holding to the Calvinist position, how do we handle texts like Second Peter uh, three nine and First Timothy two five in light of other texts where God predestines us, foreknew us? Obviously, we should affirm both since it's in the Scripture. But how do we reconcile these texts? Second Peter three nine. Second Peter three nine is the first one. Yep. Can you read that? Because I I got logos closed. Um. So. Starting in verse 8. I know which one it is, but just for the sake of the of the listeners. Oh, yeah. Uh, but do not overlook one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And verse 10, just for context. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. So the question was how how does one square Calvinism with Second Peter three nine, right? Absolutely. Second Peter is direct is directed to the elect, to the church, the same same audience from First Peter. You can read that in the first chapter, where Peter says in Chapter 1, verse 10, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will ne never fail. Brothers. That's the same audience from Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Doesn't mean everyone in the single, I mean, in the whole wide world, it means the church. He's patient toward the ones he has chosen, although we do not know who those are. Not wishing that any should perish. Who's that any? Who's that pointing to? That points back to the you. Not, not wishing that any of you, you could perfectly insert that in there. That any of you should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And, it, and honestly, if, if God wishes that every single person in the world wants, I mean, if, if God wants them to reach repentance, why don't they? Is God being uh, frustrating, frustrated in his intent? So, of course not. That that text is clearly referring to to the elect, to the church, not to the whole world population. Mm. And the other one was the other one, classic First Timothy two five. Do I need to read it, or do you have Logos open? I got it open. I can hear the fan of my computer. Uh, for there's one God, two, two, four, uh, did you say? Two, five. Two, five is the one with the mediator. Oh, so five through six, one, I'm assuming is what he man, meant. The man Christ Jesus. 
two, five, and six, who gave himself a ransom for all, which is just someone to give him the proper time. And that, uh, I would square that one also with the context. Um, second, I mean, first Timothy. I, I'm sorry, my brain is just dead since Tuesday, so I'm recovering a bit. I, I think Alex could help me a lot on this, or you, uh, or Emily. Uh, but I would square that with the context. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a quiet life, godly, in every way. So yeah. the prayers then are to be directed to the to kings and everyone who is in a high position, and of course to the lesser people. And then you have in what two verses later, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Of course, that means categories of people, not just every single individual in, in, in the world. And then two verses later, you have who gave who gave himself as a ransom for all. So in keeping with the context, of course, that means categories of people, ransom for categories of people. For all people in the sense that everyone, um, be it a slave or a king or a pauper or a prince, everyone is entitled. Everyone has the the chance, if you want to put it that way, from a human perspective, of being saved if they trust in Christ. But that in no way denies salvation. I mean, um, election, sorry. Yeah, I think you, you nailed it. You know, whenever I was talking to this individual, I had thought of a different I thought of a different passage and I forgot that it was this particular one because I mean I remember hearing about this one a couple times so uh do you have anything to add to that Alex or Emily I do Which and it's not to add to it but it's just kind of a maybe a, a wrench of the twist twisting of the wrench <laughs> tightening you're worse than I am I am so here's my question why is every time somebody comes across the word all, they automatically assume it means everybody in the entire world, no matter what, no questions asked. And it just, oh, I found the word all. Calvinism's debunked. Because we're English speakers. So naturally, all in our connotations means typically all. So I I don't I don't I don't think I think it's just and uh, a neglect to clearly see how the Bible is defining all. I don't think it is a I'm you know kind of thing. I think no, uh, na I, I naturally, think so. if I say if I say all to you, what do you think I'm going to mean? Depends on what your context is, because I feel like that's what we miss, or what these people miss is they they read they read to try to debunk. And they don't read to study or learn. Well, I was going to say that. I was going to say they're reading the, the theological presupposition of a limited atonement into those texts. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I get, your, I get your point, Emily, because, you know, in the English language, all means all, right? It's just everything's included. But there has to be context to what you're directing that towards. Like if I'm talking about my, you know collection of pens and I pull out and say all my pens, what am I going to talk about? All my pens. But, mm. you know, what does that mean? All my pens in the, at my desk, all my pens at work, all my, you know, there's context. It doesn't mean all the pens I physically own. Does it? Right. Who knows? No. Well, and that's the thing is I think, I think that, I don't know. I maybe, maybe I'm being a little too tolerant, but I'm just like, I, I could extend a little mercy to people who automatically assume that all means all because 
that's naturally where we go. That that's that is a neglect to look further. That is a neglect to define your terms. Yes, but I would prefer to educate them. Well, I to, do too, and to, I to, to, instead be you know these people. You know what I mean? Like no, I, <laughs> we're and, and so somebody... unintellectual as to not look any further. But and I'll always challenge people because I, I get questions quite often in the DM about you know what is John mean when he says all the world or he re references the world is well figure it out tell me give me give me your perspective what's your answer to this and then we can have a conversation because first of all I can't tell you what you know this particular passage means without you telling me what you think it is because if you're just coming in guns blazing trying to denounce something with your presupposition on it then you know you have to fill me in and and I think a lot of it comes back to the very simple task is is most people go into scripture trying to debunk some sort of doctrine or thought that they've heard and they don't like because I don't think people like a Jesus that is exclusive to a certain group of people and it just like the just like the Jews didn't like the I, I hate to use this word but passive Jesus because he wasn't a military ruler yeah, they they wanted a military ruler, and here comes the Messiah, born in a food trough, in the middle of nowhere, at the worst, most random time of the year. And they didn't like that. And I don't think society today likes doctrine that opposes their fluffy, comfortable, makes me feel good thoughts of Christianity. It, very much against what the video we just went through. Um, and I saved it for this. I saw it, and it, the quote is, we are made for eternity, not eternal in nature. Thoughts? One at a time, please. Okay, no thoughts. Wait, what? what's the difference? Made for et not eternal in nature. Right, so basically it's challenging the concept that we are created as eternal, to be eternal. Is you mean we were created to die? No, like whether, <clears throat> whether or not we have eternal souls, so to speak. Um. <clears throat> which is which is the prevalent view? I, I eternal isn't the same as infinite. Well, okay, yeah, well, we're talking about eternal, so I. Hang on, I need to cough. One second, I'm gonna mute. <laughs> Do y'all guys have any any thoughts on that? Well, I wonder if the the phrase refers to the not internal in nature, and it means the physical body because that body's going to die. But if that's the case, then yeah, I mean we're made for eternity, as in our souls. But then you, then that doesn't that gets kind of thrown out the window if you talk about bodily resurrection. So. Uh, new body, okay. Um, well, we're talking about made, so we got to go back to before the fall. Right. Mm -hmm. This is this is basically talking. Uh, it would have to be talking about prior to the fall, I think. It's mm -hmm. it's talking about what what state of man, because a lot of us, a lot of individuals believe that we were made to be eternal, and then we fell. And so, in our nature, we have an eternal soul or spirit, depending on trichotomy, dichotomy, all that jazz. It's a big one. I think, 
That's why I included it. Yeah, I I think we were made eternal. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I'm trying to figure out where the debate is here. Like, I didn't even realize there was a second option. Like, yeah, we were made eternal. See, but with that, if you're made eternal, then were you eternal? Does that make sense? Me specifically? If we were made eternal, <clears throat> then could you ever actually be eternal? Is the questioner a Mormon? Huh? No, it wasn't. No, no, it was it was someone in a, a reform group actually. What do you mean? Could could I actually ever be eternal? What do you mean by that? Can like, s- can something that's eternal be created? Oh, well, well that's, that's that's why I made the distinction between yeah, eternal. Yeah, that's that's why the distinction between eternal and infinite. But I'm like, well, no, duh, it's not infinite. Like we don't, it's not, we're not like God in that we don't have a beginning. Eternal means ongoing from whatever point it is. Infinite. You know, it, if if we're going eternal both ways, no, no. But if we're going eternal one way from starting point onward, then yes. So whenever I was reading up on this, it was interesting because I had run into a lot of um, a lot of positions that would say that we were <clears throat> eternal with God before He created us, because our souls are eternal. Have y'all ever heard that before? No. To the past. Yeah, have you, you never heard that before? No. Yeah, but apart from Mormonism. I think Mormonism believes that too. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. I think you could make a connection or some form of argument where, you know, God before the foundations of the world selected us for adoption, elected us. So before the foundations of the world, our existence was with him in eternity, in in his in his mind, and you know we're the apple of God's eye or whatever. Like, you know, so in some sense, you know, we the concept of us existed, you know, before the foundations of the world, before time. That's interesting. The, the concept. I've heard arguments like that before on this very same topic. My my thing is that um, well we're created so the difference between created and infinite, and then we we obviously for some reason in our fellowship with the Triune God needed the tree of life, and the punishment was death, and we were excluded from the tree of life, and so that that kind of raises that that's kind of like the the premise of well we we weren't necessarily eternal we had to be in communion we, we were dependent upon still and so it, i don't know it, it kind of goes down a lot of different roads uh you're gonna get me started on the thing we're gonna go for another hour if you're gonna get into the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because there's there's it's i don't it's okay i'm yep <laughs> well okay <laughs> all right we don't have very many other options except for favorite pizza and what are some practical ways to practice hospitality unless Alex wants to pull some from the hat, but we've been running for a while. Undying Light asked me that question about I know. pizza. I'm looking at it. I, I, don't, I don't know who did that. <laughs> you better be careful what you say, Emily, because there was a conversation that happened before this. So this is a loaded question. <laughs> Um, well, for the record, I do stand behind pineapple on pizza. Oh. It's not my favorite, 
but that's blasphemy. That's that's literally the conversation we had. I well, I figured that's the only controversy surrounding pizza that there no. is. And we also talked about having mint ice cream, which again is blasphemy. Yeah, mint ice cream is just as bad as pineapple on pizza. It is. It's terrible. It's an abomination. You guys just called my grandma blasphemer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really think his grandma is a blasphemer? Have you no respect for the elderly? She was a Roman Catholic, so she was. <laughs> Truth okay, is objective, Emily. I, I I retract my statement. She she's a Christian now, so don't worry. Oh, that's good. Oh, good. Well, you just need to tell her to repent from that, and then she'll be f- solid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go, go Honestly, t- favorite pizza depends on the day. I mean, I like I like mushrooms and sausage on pizza quite Gross. often. Gross. <laughs> Do you eat food like other than steak? <laughs> Yeah, you I eat pizza. I put meat oh. on my pizza like steak every other American. I just like Philly steak pizza. Domino's has a Philly steak pizza that sometimes I get this insatiable craving for. And honest to goodness, it's really bad that my credit card is programmed into my phone because it makes <laughs> impulse ordering one way too easy. <laughs> I'm a classic pepperoni guy, but but I like pepperoni. I like pepperoni. I like the thin crust. I like the pan. I like the hand tossed. It just depends on how much I want to be filled up that night. But pop. I just googled steak ice cream for Alex. Steak uh, ice cream. Never, never thin uh, crust. It's actually steak and bourbon ice cream. Mm, bourbon ice cream. Bourbon ice cream. But okay. steak. Oh, yeah, no. I don't. I don't get the steak part. I, I just imagine sense. like eating frozen A one sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm just imagining like a steak drenched in cream, and it doesn't sound appealing to me. No, that sounds weird too. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think it has like beef jerky on top of it. Uh, okay, okay. If it's like a crispy, like a like bacon and ice cream together, that's really good. What? Yeah. Okay. The, Anything okay. with bacon is good, man. That just makes me what? think of like what? fat upon fat, and it's like, ugh, give me yeah. cardiac arrest. This, I don't know, man. This is America. I'm just going to go ahead and eat large straight from the can, please. No, like, no, take bacon bits and put it on your vanilla ice cream next time. It's it's pretty don't, good. Don't tempt me because I will. I don't eat vanilla just ice cream. Do it. Fry the bacon and get the lard out Be and like, put it on the ice cream. Make like Nike. Just do it. If just I, do it. If I, if I get ice cream, it's Rocky Road with chocolate syrup and the cut-up banana. Classic. And bacon. Why do you put healthy stuff on ice cream? What right? Ice cream, coffee ice cream, or bananas are classic with ice cream. Hmm? You can't Reese's peanut butter cup ice cream. That's my go-to. You know, I was I love Reese's. I can never jump on board with that. Mm. Mm. It's the best ice cream ever. It's like it's like heroin. Drugs now. Speaking of addictions, do we need to talk about this? Is this are you okay? I have an ice cream addiction. You know, one addiction, like, addiction is addiction, man. Like, yeah, just like the New King James is a gateway drug. It is the gateway drug to pot Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, Emily. You want to hear it? Actually, I have it pulled up. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah play it. Hey, let me play it. Marijuana is a... Hang on. Marijuana is a gateway drug. It urges you, teases you onto something harder. Oh, I can take this. I don't feel that buzz anymore. I can handle something harder. So you're going to understand what I'm about to tell you. The New King James <laughs> is the marijuana of Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
I can't, can't even, dude. This Bible is the gateway drug. It's going to take you down paths you never knew you'd go okay, down. Okay, wait, hang on. Because I thought, okay, King James people, they don't like the new King James. Right. They, really they don't like make, anything other than the King James. They really make that big of a distinction. Oh, my gosh. So there's a whole page on Twitter that's dedicated to sharing, you know, independent fundamental Baptist King James only stuff. Yes. Yes, I follow them. Yeah, it's gold, man. I don't know. That that, <laughs> one, that one just cracked me up. I was kind of hoping that he was going to go full like boomer and say like marijuana is the gateway drug to pot. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I just thought that was coming, but that was even better. Like. I tried to find the full video for to listen to the whole thing, but I'm glad I'm glad I didn't. Now that I think about it, it There's would have been so a gateway things. to drug to King James onlyism. Mm. So yeah, pizza and ice cream and gateway gateway drugs. drugs. Gateway drugs. I think that's a, I think that's a good note to end on. I think that's especially a great note. since we're at two hours. Yeah, and I need to get a lot of stuff done this evening. Um, I'll answer that question. That other that one remaining question on my own Instagram. Then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a good. That's actually a good question. We kind of overlooked it. So what are some practical ways to practice hospitality, especially starting out? Um, <clears throat> I think I, I, I think really the heart of it is practicing hospitality starts with your like your posture, your your heart posture as my that's one of my pastors sometimes calls it. Um, practicing hospitality like i can practice hospitality in a coffee shop with somebody else. it it's really putting the other person first and being willing to bend your preferences and your schedule to accommodate the other person and to show them more of who christ is because you are you can you can create um you can create a little pocket of the kingdom wherever you are and invite them to be part of this with you. Um, and as Rosaria Butterfield kind of, her catchphrase is you invite people, invite strangers into your home and invite them into the family of God. And um, so whether you have an apartment or a house or you're meeting somebody for coffee somewhere or, you know, whatever, that space that you are in, you can practice hospitality and showing them that love and inviting them in and giving up of your own preferences and yourself. Um, obviously, you know, we could go into boundaries and healthy stuff. That's, that's a whole other conversation. Um, in terms of, of, of very practically, like with where you live, um, make yourself accessible, make yourself accessible and be willing and ready to offer that to someone. Your house doesn't have to be perfect. That That's the thing is like American hospitality, that Southern hospitality thing. It's like, it's, it's very, formalized and pristine but the key is if your house is a mess if you're making dinner and somebody needs a place or needs to come over you invite them into their life into your life with you have them do the dishes with you have them sit down to eat with you in the midst of the mess or if you're organizing or folding laundry you can invite them to fold laundry with you and it it opens up this environment where it's like we are part of the same family we're on the same playing field you know let's share in this ordinary life together. So um, I would say definitely before you start hospitality, you know, check your motives, check your heart postures, you know, because that's what's really going to make the hospitality true hospitality. 
and you know, hospital is in the word. <laughs> That's what's going to truly make it effective is if your heart is in a place where you're going to be showing them Christ, you know, you are, I, I've always liked to use the analogy of a window where, you know, if, if the window has curtains and it has stuff on the sill and it's got like, you know, stickers on the windows and stuff, it's kind of hard to see what's beyond. Your goal is to get that window bare so that when someone encounters you, they just, Jesus shines through, Christ shines through, and they, they have to look beyond you and see the glory that is Jesus, you know, more of him and less of me. So that's really the key in, in hospitality. And then you play that out in your home. I think you nailed it. I mean, that was very practical. I mean, obviously. Any thoughts, guys? Nope. That was pretty good for me. I think I think I'm I'm glad that you I mean included the very simplistic. It you check your heart because where it comes from is where it matters. Like uh, that's if you don't have a good foundation, it's not going to last. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like like I I think. Like I said, like I've I've sat at a at a table with someone in a local coffee shop and to make that space into one where I'm showing them hospitality is one where I am making grounds for them to share what they're going through and I'm giving them like I'm I'm making sure that I'm anticipating their needs, caring for them, and then I'm also um just offering to sit there and, and not rush them and you know, things like that, 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 that table has become a space where I'm sort of set this tone, of, you know, this is, this is our home right now. This is where we're sitting and, and connecting. So whether it's, it's at a coffee table, or I really do think you should extend it to your personal living space. I'm inviting you into this place where I live so you can see how I live, you know, yeah. um, I, you can see me in my most ordinary filthy moments, <laughs> I guess. Um, when the dishes are undone or when the floor is not swept or um, the laundry has to be folded or something. And then it, it shows a lot if, if while you are, you can either invite them in to do those chores with you or, or to even just say, you know what, that can wait. I want to focus on you right now. What, let's, let's figure out what's going on. Here's, here's some water. Let me, you know, let me live out James two and provide for your practical needs as well as your spiritual ones and help show you who the healer is. And, and I think that's, that's a huge key too, is, is like, my job isn't to heal them. You know, my, my home is the hospital where I, my job is for them to encounter the healer where my job is to say, Hey, I can't do it, but I know who can let's let me show you who this person is, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's a, a great place to, to close it out. Um, I think the only thing I can think of that needs to be mentioned is that we will have another round table on the 11th of February because we're recording with an interesting guest on the 7th. Um, and Ooh. For Emily, do you want to point people to your website one more time? I, I think you mentioned it, but if you want to go ahead and plug it again, uh, feel free. Yeah. EmilyUrban.com. And all my socials are found there as well. My Twitter is currently deactivated. Don't freak out. I will be back in February. All right. So until next time, that'll be it.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.